0: All right, welcome back to another Courtney Nolan the podcast episode. This is another guest episode and this is something that I speak about so often and I thought Chloe would be the most perfect person to have this combo with. So Chloe, I'm going to pass it straight to you and I would love it if you could introduce yourself and also the topics that we're going to cover in today's podcast.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me. Um, I I am a pleasure and intimacy coach and I help women reignite their libido, uh, transform sexual frustration to fulfillment, embrace intimacy with confidence, even with the lats on. Uh, I also help women feel deeply confident in their body and to get excited about intimacy and to discover enhanced pleasure. So I believe Um, deeply that we all deserve pleasure and um, today we're obviously going to delve into the pleasure side of things and intimacy Um, but we're also going to be talking about co-parenting which is a very interesting topic and I feel that there's a lot of people out there that could relate to co-parenting and how that can impact relationships and um, also it can impact um, us as potentially stepmoms or even if you're in a blended family, um, depends what role you play, but uh, how it can be a bit of a challenge and um, having somebody to talk about or even record with um, on this topic is so valuable and so needed. Uh, yes. We're also going to talk about the evolution of intimacy in relationships, which is a bit juicy and I'm excited to talk about that as well.
0: Yes, So Chloe and I met through our sex coaching course and we connect each week in this group setting. And it's come up a couple of times about like parenting because I think that we, it, it is so closely linked to sex and relationships, but it's also something that people don't cover a lot of. And so I have three kiddos. So my eldest is my husband's from his first marriage. And then my husband and I have two together. So I just group them all in together more often than not, because that's just how I've always done it. And I think I never wanted our eldest to feel like the spare or the extra or anything like that. And that's like, I mean, that's how I choose to do it. And what we, you know, how, how we try to make it work. Like Mm -hmm. it is such a completely different experience to to parent a child that you didn't birth yourself. And like for me, that was the biggest crash course in parenting ever. <laughs> but um it was just so I think that might be why everyone sort of like likes to have that dialogue with me because I'm like, yeah, I'm more than happy to tell you about how, mm-hmm. you know, the ups and the downs of it because it does have so much in it that that can be really challenging. And there's not a real um in my opinion, place to go for information like that or a reliable source, or a reliable yeah. resource, that you're kind of in the dark with it. You're kind of like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Like, this is this is the most unique situation ever. And how do I manage that? So, like, I mean, even off air before we started chatting and it was like, you know, what do you refer to yourself as? Like, is it step or is it a bonus mom or is it mom just as is? Like, so Chloe, how do you manage like your
1: dynamic? So my dynamic is I, um, I've i been with my partner for two and a half years and he is 12 years older than me and his kids are uh, 14 and 11, uh 14-year-old yeah. boy and 11-year-old girl. So um, I've not been in a dynamic with uh, kids before, like as in a relationship. So this is the first time that I'm... Experiencing that, and I must admit, even before like my partner and I met online, uh, which is a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, but, <We'll> come back. <laughs> so good,
1: so good, and um, I actually didn't feel much hesitation about you know jumping into that experience i think if it's the right person for me i was open to it but i also yeah. went in a little bit blind so i didn't really yeah. know what to expect when going into that situation and um i think because the kids in the beginning were super excited they were actually putting a lot of pressure on meeting me
0: mm-hmm. so
1: for me that was a really positive experience in the beginning um and i guess a- another piece of the puzzle um is how often the kids stay with you so like how often they're in the home I don't know what was it like or what is it like for you
0: I mean that changed so when um when we first got together it was very sporadic because my husband was shift working so it would be kind of on days off it would be it would be very you know whenever he'd have days off he would um have his, his his son with us as well and again like that puts its own dynamic on it because his days off were consumed with parenting which me at that point like when we first met I was like oh shit I don't even know if I want kids like I don't even know if this is for me so it was a really big crash course then to sort of be like okay this is like a little bit of a sampler almost of like what having kids yes. is like and it's sort of um, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I can do this. Like, <laughs> this this is so doable. Um, and then now we have him maybe five or six days out of the fortnight with us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and our younger two, so they are three and four and Hendrix is eight. So oh, like, okay. the age gap is pretty good in the way that it's not too far apart, but it's just enough that he's so much more mature that he is definitely the big brother in the dynamic when he comes over. So, you know, he's got his own room and he gets, you know, certain privileges because he's older, so many responsibilities, and he takes that big brother role really seriously. So it kind of works with, you know, with the other two in the way that it's like, you know, he can set the pace for how things are going to go. So it's just a different dynamic, I think because the way that I, I love Hendrix is different to the way that I love, you know, the two that i birthed myself. Like I think it's just, it's a completely different, it's a completely different love. And I think this is what they don't explain to you, or there's just nobody talking about it in terms of like, when you are um, like co-parenting or step-parenting or however you want to look at it, there's nothing really there to be like, this is what it actually feels like. And this is, you know, one of the ways that you can try to make it work. Yeah. So so for us, like that's how um, things have been for the last few years and how often Hendrix is in our house. And it's like, you know, even things like we refer to it as like you know, mum's house and our house or your house. It's not like that's home and this is yeah. just where you come and stay. So, so we kind of, like I think language is really important in that regard because I never wanted it to feel like this is just a place that you come and holiday or you're yeah. not, as welcome here as you are at your mum's house but yeah yeah how about how about you
1: so I just wanted to ask you a question so how old was Hendrix when you met your partner um
0: I think he had just I don't know like oh, 14 15 months so wow, really little, yeah, okay.
1: So, obviously, yeah. that like I just want to highlight that even that alone, like every step parenting situation is so different, yeah. but like age is a big one too. Because for me, um, uh, the kids were 12, 11, and nine, I think, when yeah. we first met. And so even in the last two and a half years, I've been blown away by like how much the kids have changed, like in their personality, in even in how they look, like they've gotten taller, they've matured, like it's been crazy to just watch them grow up. Um, But I definitely relate to you when you say about it's like a kind of like a trial of being a mom without being (laughs) a mom. Yes, yes. But it's, it's good in a sense for me, like I've given this a bit of thought, like for, the, for me the biggest highlight is I get the ability to immerse myself in being a parent, in not necessarily parenting the children, like I don't refer to my role as a parent very much. I actually would rather be um, an mm-hmm. adult figure for them mm-hmm in their lives. In the beginning of the relationship, like I would often avoid any discipline. Like I wouldn't want to, I guess, be the bad guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I wanted the kids to like me, which is obviously like a, a bit of a people pleasing tendency, which is, um, was showing up, especially in the beginning. Um, I wanted to be accepted by them and I wanted them to like me. I think there's a lot of stigma, uh, Around about stepmoms kind of being evil and stepmoms being bad. (laughs) Every kids' book
0: has the stepmom as like this crazy bitch. Even when you know I'm reading to the boys and I'm like, I'm like trying to even massage the story because I'm like, every single one of them has the stepmom as like either Hansel and Gretel wanting to get rid of them. Or, you know, like trying to like Snow White trying to kill her, like just this is this shit's nasty. I'm like, this is, I'll just reword the story.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Change it, change it up, make it whatever you want.
0: (laughs) I said to Mick, I'm like, I'm going to write a kid's book because I'm like, this is so unfair. Every stepmom in every bloody Disney movie is nasty. Yeah. Like, absolutely. You should write a kid's book to like rewrite this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I just remembered something as well. Like, even before. I met um, the kids, Uh, Sean's daughter actually wrote me a letter, which was so sweet. Yeah, it was the cutest. I've got it framed. It's the sweetest letter. And basically, she said, um, along the lines of, I can't wait to meet you. Thank you for making my dad so happy. And I was like, oh, my God. And I think there was an element of um, maybe a little bit of worry that if the relationship ended, like I was getting to a situation where I was forming like Mm -hmm. a really deep bond with these kids and um, also my fear of losing them I think was a big one. Like that was the thing that was a little bit scary going into it and meeting them for the first time was like if anything happened and this relationship ran its course, like I have to say goodbye to him and them and so I'm losing losing three, three people, what it would feel like was like I was losing three people as opposed to just one. So yeah. there was a little bit of in the beginning where I was like, oh, do I let my heart open and kind of welcome them, welcome them in fully? Or do I just take it easy and just, you know, step by step kind of warm up to them? But um, yeah, I found... Yeah, I I found in the beginning it was it was really positive. Um my partner and I have the kids every second weekend for mm-hmm. 3 3 nights and then on school holidays we have them quite a bit more. So we'll have them most of the time half of the school holidays. Yeah. Um which is a, a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm, if, I'm being, if I'm being honest, like,
0: how is it a challenge for anyone who does? Who <laughs> anyone wants to feel normal when they say this? How is oh, it a challenge? Do you shit. think?
1: The thing is, I feel so grateful because the kids are great and they're so different, so different. That's been really interesting because just want to layer in that I'm an only child, so I haven't even had a sibling, I so see. I'm now, yeah, so I'm like witnessing. A sibling dynamic for the first time up <laughs> close. I'm like they love, hate each other hate, love oh my god <laughs> and I see them fight and I'm like stop like don't don't say that to each other and I like have a meltdown and the next minute they're like nice to each other and I'm like what the fuck sorry I don't know if what I'm allowed just
0: to <laughs> oh, I use all the words on this podcast you get <laughs> great perfect
1: right up my alley um I just am that's been a big thing. Like I've been blown away by their dynamic because they are so different, so different. But they're- Is your partner only both... child too? No, he so he's familiar three siblings. siblings. Yeah, yeah. I so I that. feel like I'm just like overwhelmed because I'm used to, and my parents were split too. So like the maximum people in the house was two. That's it, two people in one house. <laughs> and now I'm in a situation where there's like, four of us and we've got two dogs so it's like <laughs> wild um sensory is- overload <laughs> yeah yeah um but in the beginning i think the kids were so open and receptive to me and they they looked at it and even mentioned that they were just grateful that they had an extra person like that's how they looked at it They looked at the situation as being like an extra. Um, But, yeah, I do want to go back and just talk about the school holidays because that's been something that has come up recently. So we've just had school holidays. And so my partner and I travel for his work every um, couple of months minimum mm-hmm. and we will be away for a good 8 days my partner's in business coaching mentoring and has yes. um events every quarter so we travel interstate for most of those what happened was we had to rejig the school holidays um block and so we had them right before we left literally yeah. the morning of went away for 8 days to a business event that my partner was running and then had them the day that we got back And I was like, they were great, but I'm, I just wasn't used to such like having them around the whole time. Like, I felt like I already feel like I show up slightly differently when they're there, not really to them, but I feel, um, uh, I feel a bit overwhelmed when there's a lot of people in the house for a considerable amount of time. And I think as well with the kids, I also hate taking time away from their dad. That's a big one for me is like, um, I want, I want them to have as much time with their dad and connect with their dad as possible. And sometimes at the detriment of my time with him. And so I find myself not speaking up sometimes and saying, I actually really need you. I really need us to have our time, even if the kids are here. And I know you don't get to see them that often. Um, Yeah. And that's a work in progress. Like I'm working on speaking up for what I need um, and not feel like I'm taking something away from them. Yeah. Um, That's that's a tricky one. Um, But we had a discussion about it and we both agreed that in this circumstance that was the best we could have done there wasn't really mm. any other way around it but in the future it we just have to avoid that situation from happening because it it bred a little bit of resentment in me towards him um which has been a big one that we've we've been speaking about a lot lately uh with resentment towards the situation and um, just being at peace with the reality of the situation, especially because I we want to have kids together. Like we want our own kids. And so there's that desire for us to have kids when the time is right. But in this interim period where I'm like a mum but not a mum and I'm in this yeah. weird no-man's land where I'm like I really want to be a mum but yeah. I'm not <laughs> and you're a dad but, like, You know, so you're kind of like you're experiencing that life as a parent, and I'm kind of not. So it's I'm your partner, but
0: I'm also like a different version of that parent because I wasn't there at the beginning, and it's sort of like that, yeah, it's just a whole different level of complexity in your relationship that you just you can't understand until you're in it, and this is probably the most common thing that I say to people, I I don't know, I must be like a siren for co-parenting and stepmoms because everyone comes to me and they're like, okay, how the fuck do you do this? (laughs) Because it's so, it's so unique. And I mean, we have a hard enough time just relating to each other in a relationship, let alone a dynamic where there's kids involved, let alone where there's a dynamic with kids involved. And obviously like your, um, partners, like the kid's mom, how that dynamic then works. And then oh, the yeah time, and then like, it just sort of levels up like 15 levels straight away. Mm-hmm. So I I completely 100%. understand that. And like when Mick and I first started dating, like he's older than me. So I was like early 20s. So I was like, I'm young and free. I'm doing what I want. My time is my own. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. And then it kind of like screamed to a little bit of a halt when I was like, oh, wait, What, like, we've got responsibilities Mm. and shit, like, our time is not our own. What do you mean? And yeah, yeah, like, I get it because Mick would do shift work. And at that time, I was just about to go down to the police academy. So my roster was like very structured. And so, like, that in itself was enough of a dynamic to be like, okay, well, when are we going to prioritize our time? Yes. And being early 20s, I was like, well, like everything when I'm not spending time like everything is Courtney time like we run on my watch and we do what I want mm-hmm. it was very much like like that's I suppose that's also a bit of like the projector in me that I was like well this is how things should work and I've got like these bursts of energy and then I just want to be left alone yeah but with Mick having shift work and then on top of that parenting it was sort of like okay well how when when do I fit into this and like on the hierarchy of needs, like, where am I? Because Mm. holy dooly, like, there's so many people in this relationship now. It's not just me and me, it's me and you, and then me and him, and then me and that. And then it just sort of, it gets really, really big. And I think that for me was like, our communication needed to sharpen up so quick. Yeah. I was like... (laughs) No, I think because I'm as subtle as a sledgehammer and Mick is the complete opposite. I'm like, boom, this is yep. what we're doing. And Mick is the opposite. I was like, oh, okay. I need to like, you know, be a little bit more sensitive with how I say this. Yeah. Um. And I, I, just before I got into a relationship with Mick, I hadn't been with anyone. Um. I don't know, like a couple, I'd been single for a little while. So mm. I'd done so much like um, self-discovery and like, um, self-exploration then during like that phase. So I was like crystal clear on what I wanted, who I was. And I just was like, I'm not really ready to be swayed. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. So even within the first couple of months of meeting Nick, I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. Like you come with an ex-wife that, that shit's crazy. You come with kids, one kiddo, sorry, that shit's crazy. And you shift work. I'm like, I want to be treated like a queen. And you're coming with stuff that kind of really works against that. Uh, I don't know about this.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So,
0: it's,
1: yeah, the dynamics gives- of the mum as well. Like, that's a different, a, like a whole different conversation. Like, I've had people yeah. ask me about um being a step parent. And I, I then went straight back to them and asked some questions because it's like, I can sit here and tell you about my experience and why I chose to to be in this relationship, there were some big factors that I was willing to step into a situation that came with complexity, right? Mm -hmm. One big thing for me was we had a conversation in the beginning of our relationship that was about um, how does he view the dynamic with the kids? Obviously, he's a parent and his priority is the kids, but are the kids absolute number one in all circumstances or Mm. is a relationship number one and the kids are a very high priority and the kids are you know at the forefront of his mind or is it important for him to have the relationship operating healthily so when he said relationship is is priority because Obviously, kids need me if I'm if I need to be there, I drop everything to be with them, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. But the kids turn 18 and they leave, and also we've both come from very unhealthy upbringings not very unhealthy upbringings. Everyone's open to yeah. interpretation, we had very similar dynamics in many ways, and also different. So, yeah. the way we look at blueprinting and the way we look at like healthy dynamics of relationships is even more important. So to represent that in our situation uh, for them is also why the relationship needs to be really high on the priority list.
0: Oh, my God, completely. And I think even working with clients who like we I do a lot of work with um, like when your marriage is sort of like it's not it's not um it's there's still love there, but the lasting kind of like real passion throw down that sort of like simmered off. So I work a lot in that space. I'm like, okay, cool. Like my hierarchy of like the pyramid of like priorities, I was like, t- like talk to me about it. Like, what does that look like? And usually we go through it and it's like, oh, kids are first, I've got to make sure, you know, kids are first, blah, blah, blah. And then there sits my husband, I like, da-da-da. And then there I am. And I'm like, okay, you need to completely flip that because the kids hundred percent, like they need to be loved and nurtured. And that takes a lot, yeah. but you cannot pour from an empty cup. So I'm yeah. like, you are the top of that pyramid because yes. everything flows down from there. And like your self-care, like that is more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Self care is not selfish, and you, especially as a mom and a part you know, as a member of a marriage or a member of a couple, like you need to be like full, otherwise, you're going to have things like resentment and hate, and you know, all those other things that come up when you're not feeling satisfied or comfortable in your own skin that's going to come across, and that's when everything else then starts to like um, feel compromised. So it's like Mm. you are first, and then your relationship because. Like you want to model a healthy relationship to your kids. Like what a really nice way to be able to do that. Because like my parents are separated too, but that didn't happen until I was like 18. So I saw a relationship that was not a real happy one. And I'm like, I'm not saying my childhood was unhappy, but I'm like my model of what a relationship looks like from what i saw of my parents to how my husband and i demonstrate what a healthy loving nurturing relationship looks like they're very very different and so yeah. when we look at how you know kids interpret stuff like i think about how um hendrik's our eldest so my stepson gets to see things so i was like this is what a really healthy marriage looks like. This is what give and take looks like. This is what two people showing up for themselves and then having overflow to parent looks like because like it's it's a really hard a really hard dynamic at times and it's like people will shit on you when you say I am top priority. They want kids to be top priority and I'm like, yeah, but you are also the people who are living through your kids who have absolutely yeah. no like view of yourself you've got nothing that really grounds you as a person your hobbies are what your kids do and the first thing out of your mouth is like oh my kids have won this big fucking like, basketball tournament and it's like yeah cool but like what do you like to do you don't even know yourself yeah. as a person anymore because all you are is like mom or dad and it's like that's cool if that's if you just want to be like a shell of yourself and I like I think this is where so much of it gets swept up because it's like parenting is hard like regardless of whether or not you birth the children or your co-parenting it's like you're learning the yeah. whole thing and I think that's why like yep. this dynamic is so interesting because like you're now in a marriage even though it's like an ex-marriage that you didn't have any say in to start with you've now got somebody else attached to you forever like as long as you're in this relationship you've got an ex-wife that you know you you didn't choose and kids that you're like okay now I'm parenting okay <laughs> now I'm in this yeah I'm doing this yeah <laughs> So it is and, like uh, there's no
1: support. Just, <laughs> absolutely and that's the thing, you know. Um I don't have a lot of people that I that can relate to what I'm going through. My acupuncturist is one of them and my um skin lady <laughs> is the other. <laughs> They're the two that you I find know. Them. You and seek now them you out. so strap in. Yeah. And now you so like. I've just got the, those kind of three. And uh, my best friend also was in that dynamic, but her relationship was vastly different. So like that relationship dynamic and even the ex was a different ball game. And that's another important one to talk about. Like there, for me, there hasn't been, been any hostility or animosity or anything negative going on there. But that aside, for me, just to fathom, that there was, you know, that that person like is still involved is really hard, like really hard, even though there's no negativity or like trusty issues or anything like that. Like it's all great, but even if it's great and the dynamic works, it's still a really uncomfortable position to be in because the truth is, so the kids always talk about her, obviously when they're here, they call her They talk about their experience with her and it's just really sometimes it's like, oh, I get it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. like That's awesome. And I genuinely don't show any discomfort um, with it. Like I always show them that there's no difficulty um, because I think it's important that they know that they can talk about her and they can talk about their mum. Um, because it's their mum and I don't want them to feel yeah. like they're walking on eggshells. But the truth is that it's just like, oh, you know it's it's a, it's a tough one just to hear it and just go, okay, I'm in this dynamic with my partner who's had kids and being married and in that dynamic with somebody else and sometimes I feel like in the beginning I, I jumped in to the situation and didn't really think about it too much, which is great because I didn't overthink it in the beginning, but it's also like takes a while to really grasp the situation and go, this is going to be how it's going to be for the next, you know, while and I have to find a way to come to terms with the situation. I do think that when you have your own kids, it vastly changes but i also don't want to just be holding on to that because you just don't know right like you just mm-hmm. don't know i hope that that will be the case but you know there's no guarantee so um yeah just finding that peace with it i i talked to my partner about it a bit i'll just say you know oh like i'm just really struggling to hear it right now like just and he's great but the problem is we both we both have moved away from the people pleasing. So like when he hears that I'm I'm <laughs> feeling uncomfortable because of what the kids have said, even though they haven't done anything wrong, he goes into like protect mode. <laughs> yeah. like, no, you don't need to do anything. We're all good. And he's like, okay, cool. So it's been a bit of a learning curve to just, you know, yeah. he doesn't need to protect me. I don't need him to do anything about it. I just, we just need to have the conversations more often where, I'm expressing how I feel about it and he's just listening. And that's
0: where it's hard as well. Like I, and I suppose like for both of us, like um, I love details, whereas Mick is all about the cliff notes and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, let me give you a play by play. Like, let me break this right down for you. And he's like, okay, Oh yeah, <laughs> just give me the gist. And I was like, no, no, no. You need to hear every little thought that I had Start to finish <laughs> He's like I'm good yeah. I just need like and I suppose that's like 20 years in the place I'll do that too it's like just give me the nuts and bolts of what punch I need line. yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and I was like no 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 because I want you to hear how like I was feeling like This feeling really hurt that all he talked about was his mum this time. And then it hurt my feelings. Mm. And then I felt little. And then I felt like that. And then I felt really Mm. sensitive. And then I realized it was my ego. And then I was like, okay, I can manage this. Like, yeah, I can just Mm. feel the feels and then recognize that it's my ego. And now here I am. Like, how good, right? But I need you to hear. how the I journey,
1: I mean, the whole journey,
0: <laughs> you need the journey, babe. Like you need to be like the play by play. I will give it to yeah. you whether you want it or not. Mm. And I think mm. that's the hard part. Cause when you're so used to um, debriefing everything with your partner and they are in this exact same situation, but different, it's the same oh, thing, but you are looking at it from like completely different yeah. lenses. And like, before I had like our, our youngest two boys, I could never understand like a mother's love. I'm like, I don't get that. Like a parent's love. I'm like, I I don't understand like that. like, I just, I couldn't kind of get there with it. And I think that's where having um, our younger two, like that brought a whole nother dynamic to everything. Cause it's like co-parenting is wild at the best of times. And then you have different dynamic, like now the sibling dynamic and how that looks, but it's just, it's really, it's really finding things that work. So like when, when you have it and you're like, oh, this is what's coming up for me. How do you talk to your partner about that? Like, is that um, like later or is that something then when you're like, okay, babe, like, this is how I'm feeling. Like, do you have a plan of attack with that? Or is it just kind of like a, here's a heads up,
1: this is where I'm
0: at. Um, Just letting you know, if I, if I'm seeming a little bit off, like this is what I'm moving through in myself, like, I don't need you to do anything, but this is where I'm at or like, how does that look for you guys?
1: Yeah. So that's been a bit of a journey in itself. Um, I think in the beginning um, we went through situations where we would be open and have those conversations. Like, and I would just share with um, my partner, like that's how I'm feeling. And that's when he would go into that, trying to fix the problem for me, like yeah. trying to fix the situation or change the situation. So then yeah. I then I started not speaking up. So then I would kind of just keep it to myself, which was worse. So it's like, okay, that didn't work either. So then we got to a point now where I feel, um, and communication is a whole different thing, which obviously we'll get into after. Like that's a huge one, especially for us, like is a, a big thing. Um, but finding a way to communicate by starting with, um, I'm, I'm just sharing this with you and I want you to hear me. I don't want you to do anything about it. I just want you to listen. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So by pre-framing it, saying that I don't want Mr. Fix-It, like, I don't want you to come in and like mm-hmm. do anything for me. I just want you to listen and maybe give me a hug or just be there for me. Um, yeah. He is amazing. Like when I struggle with the situation or I need some space, he will offer to take the kids out or do something out of the house to give me the space. That is a huge thing for me. So if I start to notice that I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed and we have the ability, I might say to him, you know, like, uh, you, you take the kids out and you know, can you can you guys have dinner out? Because I cook every meal. That's another thing. Really big mm-hmm. thing is I cook every meal. I love cooking, but that's the one thing that becomes a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Is like I'm still kind of slip into wanting everyone to enjoy their meal. And I'm like, yeah. do you like this? Do you not like this? Like <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a feeder, like I love to cook for everyone. And it doesn't matter if it's the kids or if it's guests or whatever. Like yeah. if I'm cooking, I want everyone to enjoy it. So that can be one thing that i can just be like you know what if you can take the kids for dinner and just and then we're good like that will be enough for me to kind of have my time to just chill watch something on tv do a meditation read a book whatever and just reset myself and then come back i think that's that's a big one yeah
0: yeah I we do something similar in our relationship so for us when I know that Mick will dive in and try to like fix everything I'll be like no no no! I just need support I don't need solutions so that's sort of like the template that we use because it's like I don't need you to fix this I don't need anything other than just you to hold the space for me and even if I'm Mm. being irrational I'm like I just need you to hold that I don't need you to be like oh Mm -hmm. but there's this or this or this because it's like I am like my smart brain is already like yep I know all the solutions I just want my Mm -hmm. irrational self to just like let this happen and fully flame out before I get to somewhere Mm -hmm. that I need to be with it but Mm -hmm. I think that definitely helps and that's definitely a strategy that I think in all relationships it's really really helpful because sometimes you don't know what your partner needs and sometimes it's really helpful for you anyway Mm -hmm. to recognize what you need it's like Actually, no, I just, I don't need any solutions. I just want you to hear me, which is yeah. really good. But yeah, what, um, when you, so when you say with the um, the school holidays mm. and having them for the, the week on, are there any other struggles other than school holidays that you're like, oh, I find this really challenging. Like um, this is one of the things that really comes up for yeah. us in the co-parenting space that you're like, oh, frig, like this is hard.
1: um so just on the school holidays thing and then I'll and then I'll share something else with you the (laughs) school holidays has been a challenge because my partner often he'll try to take some time off but he'll still have to work on some level because he's he's got things commitments Mm -hmm. that he needs to adhere to but he definitely creates space to spend with them essentially like I guess watching over the kids and looking after them while my partner was in the office even though I wasn't obliged to do anything, I still felt an element of um, needing to be the responsible adult. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right.
1: So that was that was a piece I think with the school holidays that was a bit challenging, and also making sure like food. It's like, do I like do I get them lunch? Like just that weird kind of like. <laughs> unspoken thing where i'm like yeah. in the middle of doing my stuff and i can see them hovering around the fridge and i'm like okay they're hungry <laughs> I'm like do i leave them and let them be self sufficient or do i like jump in and help prepare some food for them so that was just a, a little bit of an additional thing with the school holidays it was that was probably the thing that was just we we didn't really talk about it much we we just um kind of went into it and I think that's a key thing especially in relationships but especially with co-parenting you need to really give clear like structure there needs to be clear who's doing what role and also telling the kids like explaining to the kids this is if Chloe says you can do this or you can't do this or whatever that's exactly the same as if I say it so it's like communicating back to the kids what the dynamic is like if we've if we've had an argument before and the kids have heard which is we try to avoid at all costs but sometimes it just happens Mm. and we've had an argument and I sit there and I go okay well we can ignore this situation not say anything or we can actually talk to them about it and tell them and so we've made a decision to actually share with them, look, at the moment, this is the difficulty. And it's not often about them. It's normally about something else if if we're arguing. And so if we actually share with them the situation, look, at the moment, there's just this thing that we're um, moving through. They're, when they actually hear what the struggle is, if it's appropriate, it's like not many people will do that. And so mm-hmm. to be able to share with them like, you know, Chloe's feeling upset about this or your dad's feeling this way because of X, it's so valuable to be able to bring them into the mix and to actually share that with them so that they go, okay, now actually you're not actually hiding the argument from us. You're actually telling us that there's a difficulty and you're sharing with us what it's about. So that's been a really beneficial thing that we've been doing, Um, not all the time but in some circumstances because they get a little bit worried because obviously the ending of the relationship previously um, that happened. So we just want to make sure we're treading lightly, but I digress. Um, But what was your question? (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, It was around. What do you think other than school holidays
1: what do you think is like
0: the biggest challenges like Mm -hmm. with co-parenting whether or not that's you and like what you're called or um like so for me I know it can be really really confusing for people when they see like Hendrix's mom rock up somewhere on you know one instance and then it's me and he's like you know coming with both of us or going home or whatever it might look like I know some people get like how does like how does all this fit in like that's a challenge that we have because it's Um, yeah, like the pickups and drop-offs can be really different and people kind of like, who's this now? Like, um, yeah, like how does this work? But I'm curious, like what sort of things other than that, like do you find to be challenging, whether or not it's you in yourself or the dynamic, like Mm.
1: what's hard? I guess the biggest thing for me to overcome, and this has actually been a recent thing, is the realisation that as a... Stepmom or a bonus mom. Mm-hmm. Um the truth of the matter is that if my partner says to the kids, that's not okay, you can't do that, let's say some form of discipline,
0: mm-hmm.
1: their loyalty always defaults back to you know, neutral, with it's their parent. They're always going to love their parent no matter what, right? Yep. With me, if I discipline, which I I sometimes I need to say something um, for the benefit of them and the benefit of me to show that there's boundaries in place. Yeah, um, I have to be, I feel like I have to be really mindful of how much I discipline because their loyalty doesn't lie with me. I'm an yes. adult. I'm not their parent. So they can choose to love me or choose not to love me. And if I... Yeah discipline or you know things that are pulling them up on their behavior too many to like me pull away be like you know what actually she isn't as nice as what I thought she was you know mm-hmm. so yeah. that's you know, just trying to work out that nice balance of you know it's nice to have somebody that can also be an adult that's setting a boundary and disciplining but you've got to really be mindful that it's not the same as a parent Definitely. it's not I understand
0: this completely, like even with the way that I parent the three boys. So uh, like obviously Hendrix has a different set of rules and structure at his mum's house. And then when he comes here, it's like this is the structure. Mm
1: -hmm. And like we've been Mm -hmm. so
0: consistent with certain things around that, but it still still does present a challenge because, oh, I don't have to do that at mum's house. So like you get that kickback (laughs) already. And it's like, yeah, but this is not you. This is how we've always done it. And this Mm -hmm. is the reasons why, blah, blah, blah. But it does present a different challenge when I'm enforcing it or if um, my husband's enforcing it, because exactly like you're saying, it's like the default setting with a biological parent is love, regardless of what happens. That's the default. It's like, oh, you know, that's just it. Like you could Mm be the worst biological parent in the world, but there's still a default setting there that intrinsically there's still love there. Yeah. And I think that's why like when co-parenting and step-parenting, that can be such like um a really thankless job because you're doing almost double. Like sometimes they say to me, I'm like, I swear I do double um, because I do all the mumming in this house. So like I prepare all of our meals and I do a lot of like these things. And it still it can be really thankless because it's still like he'll still make a beeline for Mick. And it's like, I've done all of this, like, you know, yeah, and I get nothing for it. And it's like, this is where I truly mm. think like you as a person grow so much in this role. I'm not saying it's comfortable growth because some mm. of it's like oh, fucking hard as anything. <laughs> and you like you'll grow regardless, but it's like some of it is really, it's a, like some real ego work too. And it's like feelings in there. So like, I'm not saying um, the feelings are not important, but a lot of it is ego-based too. Cause it's like with, um, with, with the way that you feel about it, it's like, mm. Oh, that really hurts because it's like, I've done all of this. Like, you know, make sure like your school notes are done and that there's money in the account for, you know, the tuck shop or, you know, what time the fate is and blah 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 like you know everything and it's just I think one yeah. of those things where it's like you just the appreciation isn't there when you're not a biological parent it's just it's just sort of like yeah take it or leave it sometimes so um, true. and that's why I think yeah. like when you're trying to be in that role as a stepmom like I tried for such a long time to be doing the same as what I would do for my biological kids
1: mm.
0: um and I think that's sort of where I kind of like, like fell into a little bit of a trap almost with myself because I'm like, oh, I like, I just want you to feel love from all three of us um, because I want you to have that. Like, I don't want you to feel like there's less love or anything like that. But I also think I set myself up for a little bit of a fail because that's just not, um, it's not sustainable. And for me, no. it was like, oh my God, like I'm not getting any feedback from this um, anywhere near as much appreciation as the biological parents, yet I'm giving twice as much. And that was when I said to my husband, I'm like, I need to reevaluate this because in my head, I was like, I'm a failure. If I don't Give as much love to step parenting as I would biological parenting. So I'm like, I am I am being a shit mom. I am not doing as good of a job. There must be something really wrong with me. I must be super nasty if I'm not doing that. But then it was just finding that different dynamic where I'm like, no, no, the love is there. It's just very different. It's like, I love mm. you enough to do these things. And I love you enough to teach you these lessons. And I love you enough to put fruit and veggies in your um, lunchbox, even though that's not going to make you the most popular parent out of the three of us. It makes me the least popular, but I love you enough to do this because nutrition is important. So like little things 100%. like that, it was like, I just have to park my ego in some of these instances, because even though like, I want you to have like a really good balanced upbringing and co-parenting experiences best that we can so that you never feel like a spare hence why it was so important for us to be like well you'll always have your own room and this will never get spoiled by your brothers and like you know those sorts of things well like these are the boundaries that we put on to make sure that that you you still feel like just as much of a valued member of the family as anybody else who's here full-time it's like this is never like a part-time deal like sure you might sleep somewhere else sometimes but you still have a full you know rounded love when you get here but it was just about then me working out how I can process my stuff because I'm like you you didn't ask for this situation either I didn't ask no. for a situation but I'm choosing to be in it which is the difference yes. and I think that's where I, like that for me was a helpful bit of a reframe because it just it is it is wild and I just think that like my my advice when people come to me for advice on how to do is I'm like you got to find your own way to love because I got advice from people who were not, were were parents, but not step parents. And theirs was always like, well, oh, it's just a mother's love. Like it's a mother's love. Like you just, it's instinctive. You just know it. But I disagree with that. And I'm like, no, it's not the same when you're a step parent because the, like the cards are stacked against you anyway. Like even if you have the best um, relationship with that kiddo's mom in the world, the, the odds yeah. are still stacked against you with like how many people like there's too many cooks in the broth there when you've got three like a, a, a seesaw yeah. is balanced with two but you put a third in there and it's like oh how does this sort of like well there's
1: four for us there you go even but, more yeah so there's so the there's, dynamic just changes yeah, the mum's partner mm. completely
0: so there's so many people in there and i think like that, it will always be my advice. And like, don't listen to anybody about how you have to parent, like they're your own, because that doesn't work. And it leaves you feeling really seedy inside because you're like, I'm not living up to like that standard. So I feel shit about it. And I must, I must be shit. I must be doing a corrupt job. What's yeah. wrong with me. And I think it sends you down a bit of a spiral with it. And I definitely battled with that because I'm like, When I first had the other two boys and I was like, oh my God, like shit feels really different. Like Mm. at least when it's just, just one, like that's all, you know, but then I had the other two and I was like, things feel different now. Like the way that I parent needs to be different and it feels different, but it's like, I don't love you any less. It's just a different love. And it's not the same love that everyone was like, oh, you're just... They're just like, you know, everyone knows how to mother. Like women just know. And it's like, like, fuck they do. Like, it's not, it doesn't work like that. And you don't have, you don't have this support. Like nobody talks about it. Like, it's just like a wicked stepmother and your needs are never top priority. Like, I remember even going to like parent teach interviews, like the first, um, like even like preschools and stuff. Like it was always like, what's she here for? And I'm like, I have just as much of a role in this like I care just as much about how Hendrix grows and lives and like prospers in every way as like a child like yeah you're no less important but I think that's that's part of it and that's like that's just judgment everyone else's judgment of it and you seem to like I think you're more susceptible because you're constantly trying to prove that you're good enough in that role when you don't have your own children because it is new like Mothering is like no one knows what they're doing, and if you haven't had your own first, um, and you walk into that stepmom role, you're kind of like, Am I doing it right? Like, does everyone feel like this? Like, how does everybody just know that, like, you know, that's what that cry means, or like, that's what they want? Like, mm. it's wild.
1: <laughs> I think, I think, I don't think there's any situation like that we can define that would be harder than others, but I think. I must commend you going into a situation with an 18 month old. Holy hell. (gasps) Like it's had its perks. Like there's good things about that because the Mm -hmm. child grows up not knowing any different, right? Like that's a really good thing. But the the difficulty, you're like full mum mode, like because the child is needs and needs that nurturing. Whereas for me, 11 and or they were nine and 11. So they're like mini adults, right? Yeah. So I can have full conversations with them, and they fully understand what I'm talking about. One of the boys is like super, super smart too. So like, (laughs) I need to kind of check myself sometimes. He makes sure of that. He's like, "That's not true," and I was like, "Oh shit, okay." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're right. That's not. I made that up. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like a mini. Um, he's like a mini. My partner, like the little girl, is like, oh, I, I asked before even Sean and I um, met in person, I was like, from what I hear about your daughter, like, are we the same person? Like, we sound so similar. <laughs> so, which is great. There's like a real mixed dynamic, little, little kids, as opposed to having grown up kids. I think every well, situation is different, but like that, I commend you for that. Cause that would have been, that would have been a challenge.
0: It Well, it was just a crash course in like do you want kids or not? Because here's the universe giving you a bit of a sample. Yeah. Um, here's the man of your dreams, and he comes with two things that you're not even sure that you, you know, like with having um he comes with a, a kiddo and you're not even sure if that's what you want. So there's your biggest challenge. And next life, like, you know, this is this is this is big baggage. Like, yeah. and that was one of our that was one of the things that we had to have a conversation earlier about. Cause I'm like. I come with baggage too. It's just not in the form of, you know, ex-wives and kids. And like, it is just, yeah. everyone comes with something. And if yeah. we are prepared to look at this, like um, we've all come with something and that no one's got more baggage than somebody else. Like, yeah. I think that's what balances things out a bit better. But I think it's just, yeah, like I think mumming is way harder than actual mumming. Like your your own children like yeah. I think stepmumming is so much up there I think fucking well done to all the stepmoms out there I think we do a stellar job and
1: <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking though this is the difference I think with mumming what I've seen is it's inst- you just do yes you just yes. do you just you, do you don't you just do it you're like okay cool yeah. with me I'm like fuck I'm always in my head I'm like is this should I should I not like you, yeah. you do question everything because you're like, okay, this is what I think I should do, but like in my role that I'm playing, like one, I need to check in with myself. Do I want to do that? Like do I want to go yeah. out and get angry at, at, at him or do I want to let my partner deal with it, yes. you know, and then should I go out and say yeah. something or should I not? So there's just a lot of back and forwards. With, and I think that's the um, thing when you're
0: like uh when you're intelligent and um ambition you're driven like I think women like that we overanalyze the shit out of anything anyway so we're like Mm. oh but if I do it like this this will happen if I do it like that that'll happen if I do it like this and then you kind of spear off into all of these possible scenarios and before you know it you're like holy shit like well I don't know which one of these paths to take because (laughs) I don't know like (laughs) now I'm like whatever we'll just see yeah Uh, Like I think it's crazy, but what I would like to do is let's let's take it off, Um, let's pause it there, and then I want to do a separate Mm -hmm. episode on evolution of like intimacy and that sort of um, Mm. conversation because I know we had this convo offline, and I think it'll be fantastic. So I'm gonna wrap up this episode, and you guys just have to tune into the next one with Chloe because it'll be another brilliant one.